Amen. Okay. All right. Picking up from the last one that we, we read, the Roman Republic. Um, in the notes, we're going to take a look at the second one. Not the one I sent in the chat. The second part is in the same notes that we were going through in the last presentation. Now, I'm just going to briefly go through this one because, as I said, this is an article by A.T. Jones, which is it's four articles. They're really nice reads that really put in perspective the things we teach. But now we're going to springboard from this one into the third one, and I'm going to ask us to open up that one as soon as we, we pass through this. But there's some points in here that I want to bring out that will help us in our studying of prophecy that, that the Lord revealed to him. He's a tree in the Garden of Adventism, that, that, and, and this, this fruit is good fruit to eat. Amen? So we're going to look at this as we go through this. And I, the reason why I love this, because the Lord showed us this some time ago, we didn't get a chance to put it in the public record, was that everything that we've learned so far, well, yeah, I'm going to do it in the next one. But um, everything that we learned so far, he uses the old to confirm the, the, the thoughts and the ideas he's given to us. Amen? That's why he's showing us all these old truths that the things we're really teaching right now, they're not really new. They're, they're really old. And, and, and it's, really, it's really nice to see this and be confirmed in what we're learning to know that we're going the right direction. So this is concluded. Go into the, the notes and wrote part two, um, which is the top of page 11, um, where it says the Roman Republic study by A.T. Jones concluded. It says, well, we must not make the application until we get the, get the text. I am not coloring this at all, Color, coloring this at all. I will read from the history um, presently. History written hundreds of years ago, exactly what I am saying. Rome did that, and we know she did. She set the people free and made a proclamation. You are absolutely free from all garrisons, imposts, or taxes whatsoever, governed by your own respective laws and usages. We have simply fought your battles for, for your good. We have simply given you our armies and navies and poured out our wealth to set you free, to set to the world the blessed example of liberty and republicanism. That is all the reward we ask, that virtue is its own reward. The Greeks were charmed. They fairly worshipped Rome. The spirit of liberty and the blessed peace and prosperity and liberty that Rome had brought to them captivated them. They said that they themselves had had kings, armies, and navies that had fought for liberty, but it was their own liberty. But here was a nation from afar off speaking a strange language and utterly foreign to them that had sent out navies and armies and poured out its treasure to fight other people's battles, to set other people free. They said, has there ever such a thing been seen in the world? Has there? Has there such a thing been seen? Christ. Christ is the one that comes with his armies and his navies and fights our battles for free. And he sets us free and, and he gives us liberty. He's, doesn't Christ do that? Christ, why is Rome doing this? Because Christ did it. Yeah, the world's never seen that. Amen. Satan got this idea from who? Christ. He got it from Christ and he set up a kingdom in, in, the, in the fourth. And Christ came to set up the true kingdom in the fourth. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Amen. To set them free. And Christ says, we don't have to do anything for this freedom. I'm going to fight your battles. I will fight your sin. What do you have to do? Just accept the terms of my agreement. So all these nations that Rome came to set free, they just had to accept those terms. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not know if I'm going to read it in this one, but you can read it. Other nations saw that and they, they wanted to come out from under the rulership of the king. They were under to go under Rome. 
That, what was supposed to happen with us in Christ? We should desire to leave the system of Satan and come to Christ's kingdom. That's what, it's, that's what Christ wants us. It's, it's the, God, the great controversy is a real controversy between Christ and Satan. Amen. Go ahead, Romero. The quote says, the Greeks were charmed. Yes. We are in Greece right now. Amen. So therefore, Greece, Greece will long after this the spirit. spirit of Rome. Amen. And they're going to have it. They're going to have it. God is going to give them the desires of their heart. Jump over that one and go down. You can read 12, that, that portion. Go down with me to the next part. Um, to um, Go down to the bottom. I, I just want this part where it says, I'm just picking up here. You can read this on your own. It's some nice reads. But for, for time's sake, I want to go into the third one. I'm just bringing out key points in here that will help us. It says, declare them free and ordain that they shall be governed by their respective laws and usages. Through his policy, he prospers. The Greeks, in their gratitude, spread the glory of Rome. And the result was that all the nations that were oppressed by their kings hastened to put themselves under the protecting wings of Rome. The, ah, I don't want to run it. Leave, I'll leave it alone. Ah, I'll leave it. Okay, I'll just continue with this. There's some really nice thoughts, but yeah, I'll go on. It says, so this is Rome, right? This is Rome. Okay, so continue. By what was the result of the policy? What came at last? Never was there such a despotism on the earth as Rome. Never a power that destroyed so many people. Never one that so oppressed people who were subject to them. By peace he destroyed many. The peace of Rome, I repeat, is destruction to him who has it. The remembrance of so delightful a day and of the valuable blessings then bestowed was continually renewed and for a long time formed the only subject of conversation at all times and in all places. Everyone cried in the highest transports of admiration and a kind of enthusiasm that there was a people in the world who, at their own expense and the hazard of their lives, engaged in a war for the liberty of other nations, and that not for their neighbors or people situated on the same continent, but who crossed the seas and sailed to distant climes to destroy and extirpate unjust power from the earth and to establish universally law, universally law, equity and justice, that by a single word and the voice of a herald, liberty had been restored to all the cities of Greece and Asia, that a great soul only could have formed such a design, but that to execute it was the effect at once of, at once of the highest good fortune and the most consummate virtue there is much there is much more but i skip what the historian himself has said with reference to the principles of rome on this next one jump down with me this is what a historian said had this deliverance of the grecian states proceeded from a principle of generosity void of all interested motives had the whole tenor of the conduct of the romans never belied such exalted sentiments nothing could possibly have been more august or more, more capable of doing honor to a nation. But if we penetrate ever so little beyond the glaring outside, we soon perceive that this spacious moder moderation of the Romans was entirely founded upon a what? Profound policy. Policy. What is the historian saying? This was a Roman policy. No nation on earth had this kind of a policy. Kings fought to protect their liberty, but Rome was coming to fight to give you liberty. This, they'd never seen that before. They were using their army, not asking you for money, not asking you to pay them anything, simply just let us fight your battle. By doing that, people willingly place themselves in the hands of Rome. This is how Satan is deceiving people in the world right now. 
He hasn't changed. He's doing the same thing. Give it, giving people whatever they desire. Whatever you desire, Rome will give it to you. Whatever you want, Rome will give it to you. Whatever you, whatever you want to do, Satan will prepare the way for you to do it. You want to get somebody else's wife? Satan will prepare the way for you to have her. You want to get somebody's money that don't belong to you? Satan will prepare the way for you to have it. Y'all following? He will prepare the way for you to have those things if you really want them. And the Lord is trying to get us to restrict these evil natures. Otherwise, a different ruler is going to come take possession of our hearts. But going on, that was written by a man who was a Roman Catholic. Through his policy, he shall cause craft to prosper. Brethren, when you see the handwriting of God in Daniel, through his policy, he shall cause craft to prosper. And then read that sentence in the history. It is, is it difficult to see the perfect fulfillment of prophecy? People deny 1989 when they see the very language that Daniel uses and historians in the world use this very same language that Daniel used to say prophecy was fulfilled there, and people have the nerve to come and tell us that 1989 wasn't a fulfillment of prophecy. They have the nerve to say that to you. When, when our, the, the tree in our garden says, when you see this, is it difficult to see that prophecy has been fulfilled? Is 1989 difficult to see? Is 9-11 difficult to see? And 9-11, America literally went from English law to Roman law. That's not hard to see because people actually said that's what happened. History said it happened. This is, this is a strong delusion to deny something that we see with our own eyes and then to turn around and say it didn't happen. You're setting yourself up to be deceived by Satan. You're walking right into his trap. No matter what the Lord shows you, guess what you're going to do? Deny it because you're training yourself to deny it. You're training yourself to deny something that Pro Clear Miller says History and prophecy must what? That's all he's saying. History and a prophecy. If a history and a prophecy agree, then that's the fulfillment of prophecy. Amen. 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 Which he stole from Christ. Yeah. He stole that policy from Christ because all those things Christ does. Do those. Satan has nothing of his own. He's a thief and a robber. That's all he does. Amen. So um, going on to the next one. The, fulfill, the fulfillment of prophecy in history is not haphazard. You read prophecy in the book of Daniel or anywhere else and know exactly what it says, and you will find that exact thing in the history. I have hunted for months, yes, for years, to find a book that had in it a certain thing that the prophecy points out that was not in any other book that I had yet found. At last I found the book that had in it the very sentence that I knew must be somewhere and which was an exact fulfillment of the prophecy. Just as soon as I saw it, I knew it. Brethren, everything that is in prophecy can be found where? In history. But the Bible is the beginning. There is the foundation of your study. You must know what God's word calls for before you can select it. Let me read that again. You must know what God's word calls for before you can select it. Amen? Keep this rule in mind. That's what rule 13 says. When you can trace your figure, when you, where you find it explained, then you go look for it. Amen? Don't look in history and then come to the Bible to see. No. You look in history and then go to the Bible to compare it and see God's prediction if the prediction points to this thing. Amen? But don't pick out something. In this. No, that's not how we study our Bibles. Amen. We don't study like that. 
We're to compare. That's, that's, this is rule 13. That's all he's referring to. And, and when Ellen White says, study the events taking place around you and compare them with the predictions of his word. Yes, study them. Now go look at the predictions and see if those things are lining up with what you understand. Amen? From it. It says, you must know what God's word calls for before you can select it. And before you know what to select from the history, and jump down, jump over that, jump over that whole reading. As I said, you can read those things on at your own time. And jump down to the last bowl, because we're going to go into the third part. Now, now you see Rome in the eighth chapter of Daniel. I have spoken only of Rome, but it has been exceedingly difficult for me to keep you from seeing a whole lot of other history there. Now, when A.T. Jones said this, he was talking to students of prophecy. He was talking to people who studied their Bible, and they, as they were listening to him, couldn't help but see other things, and they came to conclusions on their own. And when A.T. Jones went into it, he just simply asked the questions and they were answering. Can we do that now? No. no. Can we do that now? Yes. But would we get the same results now? I don't think so. I don't think so. How many of you, let me ask this, but not Romario Rashad or Swindon. By reading the, the characteristics of Rome, who should be coming to our mind? By re simply reading the characteristics of Rome, who should we see? Everything that we just read, if everyone has been following. Huh? You said the Pope? No, no. All right. Let me ask, let me ask it an easier way. Oh, did somebody tell you that? Okay. Why did you say the United States? Praise the Lord. Amen. That's exactly what the people saw as A.T. Jones was doing. America does the same thing. America go fight. What does, what does everyone in America say about America? Why are you being everybody's big brother? Don't they say that? Why is America being the people in the Middle East big brother? They have to do it. They're a republic. A republic is supposed to fight the battle of others. They are, Christians are supposed to fight the battle of others. Isn't that what Jesus says? He, um, greater love have no man than this than a man does what? Lay down his, what was Rome doing for those other nations? Laying down their life. Rome was literally giving their armies, giving their money at no cost to any of those nations. Rome was laying down his life. Why? It was an antichrist. <laughs> Amen. Their motive was to have people fall down and worship Rome. But Christ is the same thing. That's why I say he's an antichrist. Christ sets people free so that people freely choose to worship God. Amen. Yes, Christ's end is not destruction. It's what? Eternal life. Satan's end of using Christ's policy that he stole from Christ, Satan can't generate any new idea. It's impossible. Why? He was cast out of heaven. His mind is forever closed up. Y'all follow? Because he's no longer in heaven, he can't generate ideas. All he can do is what? Steal ideas. He can only steal what the Lord has given. I mean, isn't that his policy? What does he call the robbers of what? Thy people. That's all Satan can do is steal, steal Jesus' idea and claim it as his own. And that's why I said that the policy Rome is using is Satan stealing it from Christ. That's why the, the two almost look similar. Y'all follow? And then the Greece, before Christ came, what was the policy Satan put in the earth? Greek philosophy. That a son was going to die to save humanity. That's why, that's why Caiaphas says it's expedient that one man should die to save the nation. What did Ellen White say? 
That was a Greek philosophy. That was a Greek teaching. But where did it come from? The Bible. It's true, but it came from the Bible. And today, that hinders people from accepting the Bible. Because they say, look, the, that stuff y'all teach is just a philosophy of Greece. That's a Greek mythology that, that the Bible is based upon, Greek mythology that the sun god and this and that. So people don't accept the Bible. Amen. Satan muddied all of that, but prophecy is what the Lord is going to use to clear all that garbage away to show that those ideas and thoughts were stolen from Christ. Amen. So let's go on to the third one. It's in your notes. Um, I sent it in the chat, actually. So I'm glad Sister Valerie brought out that it's the United States and America. If I praise God for this truth, because when we really understand it and really teach it, people in America is not going to have a hard time accepting this because they're going to see themselves in what we're teaching. They're going to see themselves in teaching Rome that, wait a minute, that's what America's been doing since the day it rose, fighting other people's battle, giving our money, our resources, and our armies, giving our children to go defend other nations and then get nothing in return for doing it. Isn't that what America's doing? That's what Rome did. So now let's turn our eyes upon the United States for a little bit. Um, I really love this next one. I'm not going to go through all of this. Obviously, I can. It's 20 some, 20 pa 21 pages exactly. Just key points, and I just want to pave the way for what Swindon now is going to go over and for what other thoughts all of us is going to open up in the near future. So I don't want us to forget this. Full meaning, these are some of the things we went over. All the visions in Daniel is just to establish Rome. Whatever face Rome comes in, whether in form or in spirit, is only to establish Rome. That Christ always comes when Rome is ruling. Rome, what kind of Rome? The spirit of Rome. Amen? Even though Christ came in literal Rome, it was really the spirit of Rome Christ came to deal with. Amen? Which is the heart of men. Christ wants to change that evil, unsympathetic, cold, and um, what was that other one? Unsympathetic, indifference. Christ wants to change that iron heart of ours. So let's look at this now. All that I talked of yesterday morning was of Rome. But I could see all the way along that you, he's talking to his audience, time and place must be considered, right? That you were seeing not something else different, but something else just like it and wanted to turn me off to that. What was it that you saw? What, is it, what did he see? The United States. So, Regents. When we're up here studying, this is how our mind should be working. We should be, everyone here, every, those watching, you should be able to follow the presenter right along to his conclusion. Y'all should be able to do that and not sit there just soaking things up. And like, I mean, yes, it's good to take in the truth, but you should be able to follow the presenter, thinking along with him and anticipating and, and, and reasoning with him and, and walking with him through the, that's how Jesus taught. That's all he taught. And I, I want to I copy that pattern. I want to teach that way. I want to present in such a way that people will be able to get to the end before I get there. Amen. That's what they did here. They got to the end before he even got there. And he had to tell them, hold on. I, 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 but praise the Lord that you're even seeing that because that's exactly where we're going. Amen. I mean, isn't it common sense if we're sitting, if all of us is sitting in a van going to Minnesota, aren't we all seeing where the driver's taking us? We're all seeing the same thing. Right. So the Bible is the car that we're all sitting in and the driver is the minister driving the Bible right now. But we should all be able to see the same thing the driver is seeing. Amen. But we can only see it if we're sitting in the car. So if we're not if we're not studying the Bible, guess what? We're not sitting in the car. Y'all follow? If we're not studying the more short of prophecy, we're not in the car. We're in church, but we're not in the car. 
We know where we're going, but we're not in the car to go with. Y'all follow? If we're going to go, if we're going to heaven, we must all be sitting in the car that's taking us there. That's the Bible. The pilot is not us. The pilot is Jesus. Jesus is the driver of the car. And his ministers are just his co-pilot, the ones sitting in the passenger seat and, and helping and staying awake with him as they drive. And all the passengers is the people that's following. Amen? Amen. So we should all be able to follow. Go ahead with your points. Okay. So the next one. I'm only saying that to show that the spirit back then of studying the Bible is far different than what it is today. It's far different. And, and I pray to God that we will, we will see this in ourselves and have a desire to come up a little higher in our spiritual walk with Christ. Amen? Let's come up a little higher in our walk and follow the presenter. We can only follow if we're following the Bible. So let's go on back. The United States. How could you see that when I was talking on the book of Daniel and about Rome? Voices. What did the audience say? What did the audience understand? It's a parallel. So at the end of the world, what should God people understand? parallels. What is a parallel God's people? Line upon line. Upon line. Amen. So parallel is lines. And the Lord is teaching us is in GC 343, a famous quote that this movement has used from its rise. The important movements of the present have their what? Parallel in those of the past. This is what A.T. Jones understood. Not just A.T. Jones, the audience he was talking to too. And the, and, the, and the experience of the church in former ages has what? So what should we understand? Parallels and lessons. We should understand. God is really teaching us. He's really teaching us. God is the one doing this. He's showing us that he's behind this movement. He's guiding this, he's guiding this ship. So going on. Now I want you to look at both Rome and the United States. You did not see anything that is not there. What is that? You didn't see anything that is what? So Daniel was written for who? The United States. Amen. For the people living in the United States, that's why Daniel and Revelation was written. Praise God for this truth. So it says, um, but I want you to see that it's not merely incidental. I want you to see that it is, that it is intended that in that you shall see the United States. I want you to see that this is why that passage was written in the 8th of Daniel. That it was not written to show up Rome, but to show up who? The United States. It is true. It was written to show the United States through who? Through Rome. It was not written for Rome's sake. Not for the people in the days of Rome. And here's, here's the conclusion of why he says Just beautiful why he says this. Turn your attention again to the object of the vision. What was it that established the vision in the 8th and the 11th chapters of the book of Daniel? Rome. Rome is that which established the vision. Now, Rome came into the prophecy at the place where we are now studying about 168 B.C. And that's what I was saying right there. Amen. 168. That's what's on the chart. 168. Why did Rome come into prophecy right there? It was said in the last one. It came in contact with who? God's people. That's when a nation comes into prophecy. Not that the nation didn't exist before that, but God gave it recognition because it came in contact with his people. Amen. He recognizes that nation now. And now because that nation connected itself with God's people, once you connect with God, you don't go out of his sight till you die. Amen. Once you get baptized, you're in God's hand and you don't leave until you what? Till you die. That's why they died in the wilderness. Once they connected themselves with God, you can't leave. 
Because the law of marriage says, till what do us part? Till once you get baptized, only death can separate you from God. God wants people to understand. That's why they died in the wilderness. Y'all follow? Once Rome connected itself with God, till death do us part. Y'all follow? Babylon, Medo-Persia, they died. They all died off. But Rome is that last power that God is going to deal with. Y'all, there's many lessons we can learn from these, right? Many lessons that we learn from this. This is very important. These things are very important to understand. Many people don't understand that. Everyone who came in this movement and left, they think that they separated from God. No, they haven't. Once they came into this and baptized into this, they've connected themselves with God, and only death can separate them. Y'all following? That's why God is going to call them back and give them one more chance to make their calling and election sure before they die. Go ahead. Um, yes, with Rome, all, matter of fact, going back all the way to Babylon, Babylon came into, came into, um, connection, um, relevance when yes. it came in contact with, with Daniel. Amen. Um, Medo-Persia came into relevance when it came in contact with Daniel. Daniel. Like you said, Greece came into relevance when it came in contact with, with the, uh, with the, the high Jews, priest. with the high priest. Amen. So how to, and that's a rule that we must understand. Amen. That the, the, the nation only comes into relevance you know what you just when they came into contact with God's people. Amen. So from the very beginning of Rome, Satan has been trying to hide it and turn people away from how the nation turns from Greece, all the, um, from Greece into Rome, because mm. when you go to the Maccabees, which he's trying to turn people away from, it shows that in 164 from the Maccabees that that's when the Jews sought the aid of Rome, Rome. and Amen. that's when Rome came into con coming to, uh, to relevance in, in Bible side. history. Amen. So to to blind people from seeing Rome in the United States coming up into the ascendancy. He stares people away from the Maccabees. Say, no, the Apocrypha is an evil uh, book. Amen. It's a amen. hidden book. You can't understand it. Amen. So You'll never see Rome. You'll never see Rome. Yeah, you never exactly. see Rome. You'll never see it coming up into the ascendancy in the nation and in the time that you're living in. So, you know what you just showed? This is a thought. This is probably going to be thought-provoking for some of us, but I, I, I trust that the Lord will lead as he leads. You know what you just brought to mind? The next ruler that comes up have to come in contact with the movement. Amen. Y'all follow? Yeah. Mm -hmm. In order for him to have any recognition, he has to come in contact with the movement that God is raising up. Amen. I, I don't know if y'all really understand that. That means the Lord is going to bring us before kings. Y'all yeah. follow? Amen. We, somehow we're going to get before the kings. The teaching is going to get there and they come in contact and you, you'll be able to, because that's what history teaches us. Nebuchadnezzar came in contact with who? Daniel. Cyrus came in contact with who? Daniel. Uh, um... The what's it? Alexander came in contact with who? The high, the high priest. Rome came in contact with who? Christ Himself. Y'all follow? Rome came in contact with Christ. Amen. And so, because they connected with Christ, that's why the vision is established. That one connected itself with Christ. It's never gonna go away until Christ comes. Y'all follow? Amen. Amen. Yes, he did. Yes. Amen. Amen. Oh, that's nice. Praise God. Amen. That's, that's really nice. That's really nice. He did come in contact with the nation. The rulers of the earth knew of that. 
but it was a false prophecy. Yes. Amen. But a true, a true prophecy should have went forth. But a false teaching intercepted the true going forward. That we're not sons of God. This, this, this false blasphemous teaching. Anyone who gets baptized is a son of God. That's a plain teaching in the Bible. Plain teaching. Amen. Plain teaching, but they, they want to say they're servants of Satan, and rightfully so. You can't be connected to the government then. You're a servant of Satan. You'd only give life to Satan. So the Lord had to re-educate us, which he is doing, that we are sons of God. And he's getting ready to put us before kings in this state in which we are in. And that power that connects itself with that movement, not going anywhere. Amen? That's why I said there's a nice truth in there. And when you go over the all is when you see these things. Amen. I'm not ashamed of teaching these things because I know God is behind this movement. He's behind this movement. So I, it, it is what it is. People will find out at the second coming, but God wants his people to know before the second coming. We need to know we're sons of God before Christ actually comes. Amen. Not when he comes. It's too late. It's too late because he's coming to deliver the sons of God. Amen. Um, so let's go back. I, that's why I said I love this study. A lot of thoughts that can come out. So where did we start? Yes. Turn your attention again to the object of the vision. What was it that established the vision in the 8th and 11th chapters of the book of Daniel? Rome. Rome is that which established the vision. Now Rome came into the prophecy at the, at the place where we are now studying about 168 B.C. This vision was shown in the third year of Cyrus. Look at the date at the first verse of the 10th chapter. What is it? He has 534. But we know it's what? Why do we know it's 536? Not going forward until we... Because of what? what? What does it say on the chart? Which is when? And what year did Babylon fall? 538. Ella White says two years later brings us to what? 536. Amen? So he has 534. It's okay. You know why I say this for A.T. Jones? Ellen White had told A.T. Jones to go back to the old path. When he was going up, she says, you didn't have the experience of the first and the second. Go read up on it. She says, because you didn't have this experience, you weren't able to detect the false spirit of that woman that was claiming to be a prophet. A.T. Jones started stumbling right there. I know this is not in the scope of things, but I just wanted to see that. She told him to go study the history of the first and the second because he didn't know it. Yes, if you don't know that history, you're going to what? You're going to fall. You're going to fall. Ah, uh, he understood this. Ah, uh, it was about A.T. Jones. He understood this. was upon him to overthrow him. Amen. We must understand it. The Sunday law is coming to overthrow those who don't have the first and the second. Amen. So going back. So subtracting 168 from 534, we have 366. That is 366 years before the history occurred. Here is the prophecy represented by this book, and, he, and here is Rome represented by another book and the occurrences of that which is spoken of in, in the prophecy this occurred 366 years after that was written this history was sketched in the prophecy 366 years before it occurred then it was written out it was closed up and sealed until that time until the end of the 366 years no but until our time unto the time of the what and why was it not open at that time back there so the people could be instructed voices it was not written for their be benefit this is a rule this is nice the before 1798 god showed us to, to, to the whole world but it was sealed up to them 
God, nobody understood that all that conflict that was going on, even not, not even the Jews understood it when it came down to Christ. They didn't get it, and John brought their minds back to Daniel so that they can understand that the Messiah was going to come in this time. Amen? And Christ taught them all of these things, but the history of how Rome and all these powers came out, it was sealed up to their minds. People couldn't explain it. When could they explain it? At the time of the end. 1798. Now, why is that? Because it was for the people that came up in 1798. Amen? Plain and simple. Yes, it was written for America. Go down. Then for what people was this history of Rome sketch? For this people of the United States at the time of the end. The very word itself says the vision belongeth to the time of the end. Yet while it was not given to the prophets to understand fully the things, this is a GC quote, um, fully to understand fully understand fully the things revealed to them they earnestly sought to obtain all the light which god had been pleased to make manifest they inquired and searched diligently searching what or what manner of time the spirit of christ which was in them did signify what a lesson to the people of god in the christian age for whose benefit these prophecies were given to his servants unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister Witness those holy men of God as they inquired and searched diligently concerning revelations given them from generations that were yet unborn. Contrast their holy zeal with the listless unconcern with which the favored ones of later ages treat this gift of heaven. What a rebuke to the ease-loving, world-loving indifference. The spirit of what? Rome. To not be interested in these events that's taking place, that's the spirit of Rome. The indifferent people are the ones that's going to place Rome back on the throne. Amen. If they were, if the, if everyone was conscious of the prophecy, Rome wouldn't be ruling. Rome wouldn't be ruling if they understood these things. But what does the Lord wants us to see? Not have Rome rule in the heart. Amen. Amen? If we don't understand these prophecies, Rome is going to rule in the heart. Um, going back. Um, I love this part. There are other republics now. But they were not when the book was written. When this book was opened, Revelation 10th chapter, 1840, and even if you go back to 1798, the expiration of the time, times and a half, what republic was there? The United States and no other. Then you see that the history of that republic was adopted in the Bible, set down there 366 years before it occurred, and then closed up and sealed, not for 360 years, not for that people, but closed up and sealed for about 2,300 years and then opened for another people altogether. So it is perfectly plain that all this was put in the Bible for this time, for this people and for this Republic of the United States. That is a powerful truth. Amen. Amen. Many Americans, when they hear this truth, I believe going to logically become Seventh-day Adventists. Amen. Many people going to become Seventh-day Adventist Christians when they when they are taught these things and see these things. And they're going to pass by Adventists who had all of these things, but were indifferent to these things. Amen. The Lord is going to replace many people that are going to receive these truths as they come in. The United States is the only republic there was in the world at the time of the end. This is nice. The only republic at the time of the end was the United States. And the, and the very one that the Lord gave for us to understand that republic was Rome. Because Rome was the only republic at that time. Amen? It was a perfect parallel. All right, look at this next one he said. Go ahead. 
Amen. When the book was opened, all the other modern republics have risen because of the spread of the example of this one and its principles. Especially is that true in South America. It is true everywhere that the example of republicanism set in this nation embodying the genuine Christian principles, the principles announced by Jesus Christ for governments in his fundamental organic documents, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. It is this that has given rise to all the others. Then that prophecy in Daniel 8 was written for the instruction of the people in where? This nation. Easy to see. America, the USA, is a how many horn power? Two horns. What are they? Amen. Civil and church. Amen. And this two horn power came up when Babylon fell. And the Medes and the Persians came up when Babylon fell. You follow? When Babylon fell, the Medes and the Persians came up. And when, when the papacy fell, the Medes and the Persians, United States came up. So God intends, whenever you turn to Daniel 8 and 11, the only power we should see is the United States. So it's not, but look at this. A long time ago. Amen. A long time ago, the Lord showed this to Jeff Piffinger, and he taught it to the movement. Amen. But I want us to see something. In 1798, what was the focus of the Millerite movement? Oh, yeah, there's many answers you can give. In reference to what we just mentioned, what was the focus of the Millerite movement in 1798 to October 22nd? Ah, oh, man. Yes, that's right. And Swindon said it's right. But there's, in reference to what we just said. Daniel 8. Yes. What was the whole theme of the Millerite movement? Daniel 8. Amen? I hope y'all see this. When you come to 1989, what is the whole theme of, our, of what we're teaching? Daniel 11. Y'all don't... Man. Daniel 8 was the theme of the Millerites. Daniel 11 is the theme of this movement. Amen. So when, when the Millerites came up, they were breaking down the 2300 days and the daily and paganism and papalism and all of these different things. And they were building up on this foundation, right? And they were laying it out and showing how you come to the United States. That's what our pioneers taught. But when you come to this history, Daniel 11 is what the Lord opened up with Jeff. And here's the, what I love about this. It was Cyrus was the king of Persia. Who followed him? Cambyses. Who followed Cambyses? False Smerties. Who followed False Smerties? Darius. Who followed Darius? Artaxerxes. What did the Lord show us connected with these? Okay, who was the president that, um, that was coming? Reagan. All right. So Cyrus is Reagan. So this is not far stretch. Because it was taught in our history that, no, Reagan, Reagan. You don't count from Reagan. You count after Reagan. After Reagan is who? I'm telling you, we have to understand this. After Reagan was who? Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump. Bush. After Bush was who? Clinton, Bush, Obama. After Bush was who? Bush Sr. After Bush Sr. was who? Clinton. Was Clinton. And Yes, that's who it is. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now I understand what you're saying. 
I thought she was going away for no, me. No, Sorry. Alright. That would be um Darius, the Greek. The one that put down in the game. Yes. No, not Darius. No, I don't want to write Bush. Yes, Bush. I was gonna write the other king. No, Darius is what I wanna write. Yes, yes, yes. Darius. I know. No, I wanted to put them both there. That's why I said I was doing that. Yes. So I wanna yes, Reagan and then Bush. Yes, that's what I wanted to do. So when you come down to this time, yes, Clinton. Bush, yes. And Obama. Then you have Trump. But I want to say thank you. And the reason why I say that, that's what makes us students of prophecy and being our brother's keeper. Amen? That you're always supposed to catch one another's error and point those things out. And I praise God that Swindon was able to catch that. But I would have rather somebody else caught that than Swindon. Because I do expect Swindon to, to see that. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. I want us all to have seen that, that, that that was done, and that we're all liable to make that mistake. Amen? All right. Amen. So. Babylon. 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 And this 200 power is the church and the state. And I want everybody to realize, when you go to Daniel chapter 6, what does Darius deal with? The state. The laws. Amen. What does Cyrus deal with? The church. Oh, the it's right there. Amen. It's always been Amen. there. The Lord is always showing Amen. church and state. The issue of church and state rises right after Rome well, if you do that, that's teaching us something about Reagan and Bush. Yes, it is. Reagan and Bush did. Reagan did something that changed the course of America yeah. for forever. Bush did something that's going to set this. The, and it's Bush that did something with the church, yeah. not so much Reagan. We see Reagan just because, just because, like when you saw um when when Babylon fell, who was prominent? Not Cyrus Darius. Darius was the one, but Cyrus was the one that was actually brought. Um, brought Babylon down. So that means Bush is the one that people should have seen, not so much Reagan, if y'all follow the, 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 the thought. Amen. Darius was the face. He was the king at that time. But Bush was the one that, I mean, Cyrus is the one that really took down Babylon. He was really the one the Lord gave instructions to take down Babylon, not Darius. It was Cyrus. And if you go back in the history, a lot of stuff that Reagan got really came from Bush Sr. Yeah, you know, a lot of things he got came from him. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that Bush Jr. just followed... In the footsteps of his, his father. Yeah. Amen. That's why you have Saddam, the whole, yeah, the whole thing with, Amen. with Saddam and... Um, Gaddafi and all yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Gaddafi and all those things. Amen. So the reason why I'm bringing this in is to show... When we came to 1989, Daniel 11 was our focus. In Millerite history, Daniel 8 was their focus. And it only makes sense. Because what we just read was, God intends that when we read Daniel 8 and 11, we see the United States. We see America. Anytime we crack open Daniel 8, we should see the United States. So, these powers coming down is all talking about the United States. Amen? So, it wasn't far-fetched back in 2017... When, when Marquette came and said the image was who? United the United States. States. Because it's all about the United States. This is the last modern Roman power. This is, Ellen White says the United States is the last to wage war against the people of God. Why is it going to do that? Because it has a Roman spirit. 
whether in form or in spirit, the world is going to have to deal with Rome. And America is going to make an image to Rome. Amen? And if they're going to make this image, that means what we're dealing with is Rome. We're just going to deal with Rome all the way till Christ comes again. So I just wanted to see, I, I really love this reading. God held his hand back from showing this to us until this time. And that's why I believe it's very important for us to understand. He, didn't, he could have showed this to us long ago, but he didn't do that. He chose when we came to Biden to show this to us. Why? Because he knew, God understood that when we come here, people were going to wrestle between this movement because they saw Trump go down. Because they saw Trump go down, people questioned this movement is false. But the Lord rose up old teachings to show us, no, 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 this movement is right. Amen. Amen? It's correct. Keep going forward. Don't worry about those men that are, that are opposing. He's only revealing the spirit in which they had. So we had a brother recently left saying that 1989 didn't fulfill prophecy. Not according to this. Not according to this. When I read Daniel, we are told we should see the United States. So it's nice when you come to 1989, the time of the end, it begins with these four kings. Amen. Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump. And then we're now down to Biden. Now we're dealing with this, um, this, this, this next one. So going back, don't know how much time I have because the rest of this um, could be read on our own. I just want to 15. All right, I'm going to cover this ground to prepare the way for the next one. It says, we all know that Rome was a republic. As a republic, all its conquests were made. Britain was the only permanent conquest made by Rome after it ceased to be indeed a republic. And, it, and it's true, because this is when Julius Caesar became its first what? Its first king. Yes, Julius, after they conquered Britain, this, I'm sure God wants us to understand that too. <laughs> yes, amen. Going on, Britain was made Roman territory in the days of Claudius. A republic is a government of the people, by the people, for the people. Who's the government? The people. By whom do the people govern? By themselves. For whom? For themselves. But who are the people? It is each individual man. It is we, the people. Each individual himself, so far as he is concerned, is the people. If each individual excludes himself and says something else is the people, then where are the people? There are no people. Then when it is the people who govern themselves and each individual is the people, who is it that governs? Each individual governs. But whom does he govern? Himself. For whom does he govern? For himself. Each governs himself by himself for himself. That is the principle of Republican government. Does anyone notice what America is straying away from? What are they calling themselves? Democracy. Democracy wars against a republic. It war democracy majority rules. That's what democracy does. Once you start going to the majority rules, you're eventually going to end up as a king. Because when Israel picked a king, the majority said they wanted a king. And they and and saw and Samuel, who was a republic, had to he God says, Samuel. It's not you, it's me. So when America does it, it's not, it's not, it's not, a, it's me, it's the Constitution. They hate the Constitution. America hates the Constitution. They do, the heart of America today, that is, anyway. So when they make this democracy, it's only an expression of their hatred for the Constitution. And they're getting the people to accept that they're dem democracy when the Constitution itself says we're a republic. It says we're a republic, not a democracy, we're a republic. 
but then they give you a philosophical meaning of the democracy to make it seem like it blends with republic, but it doesn't. It doesn't blend with it. The two are opposite ideas and view. One says you govern yourself. Go ahead. And it doesn't fit. Yes. So going on, it says, each govern, no. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and are in, endued by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Not that these are all the rights, but these are the ones we are talking about, said they, among which are. They do not enumerate all of them, but for the purpose they were working, they enumerated these. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is God's truth. Popery hates this. I'm putting this in here. Popery hates this form of government. The human heart hates this form of government. There's, I was looking for a quote, but I couldn't find it, where she says, people want the religion of Catholicism because it's a religion where somebody else does the work and you do nothing. That's the religion people want. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, it's in GC. I just can't remember how, how, how she said it. It's that one or the, or the, the, the scriptures of safeguard, one of those. People love this easy religion. No, not that one. Amen. Amen. That one I found, but it's another way she says it, you know. They they must have a form of religion that has the least requirement of spiritual themselves about denial. And as unsanctified human wisdom will not lead them to low hopes. They are naturally drawn towards the provision and doctrine. Yes. Amen. They do not want to walk in the ways of the Lord. They are altogether too much enlightened to speak or pressing and humbly with an intelligent knowledge of the word, of his word. Amen. And where's that from? That's the RH one, right? Or S signs of time. Yeah, and in GC, she says it another way. The same thing where she says uh, people won't study the Bible. They want the, the minister to do the studying for them. Yeah, they want him to do the studying so that they can go and do what they want to do. That's what. So both in the secular part and the religious part, the spirit is the same. People want a nation to watch over, like Ukraine. Ukraine wants people to come in and deliver them so they can go back and live in a Ukrainian life. And they don't, this is what the president of Ukraine has said. He wants them so that we can go back to living peaceably, and free, basically so they can continue in sin. That's what they want to do. They don't want, some, they don't want to do that work themselves. But the Sunday law comes that's going to force people to have to do what? Do the work themselves. You're going to have to understand the truth for you. God's government is not built on you just come and sit in this easy, want to do nothing kind of, kind of thing. It's, that's, that's not the Lord's religion. That's Satan's religion. That's his form of government where I'll do all of this stuff for you. I'll furnish you. I'll give you all the riches. Just break God's law. Do whatever you want. Just, just, just don't worship God in, in this whole process. But So I just want to say that human nature hates this form of government. That's, that's what I was saying. We don't like this form of government. It says that to secure these rights, um, whose are the rights? Each individual's. Where did he get them? From God. He received them from the creator. Then they are between him and the creator only. Now to secure these rights to the, in to, to the individual, not to give them to the individual, not to give them to some other folks, but to secure them to those to whom they already belong and who already have them. 
Governments are instituted amongst men. Who instituted the government? The people. What for? For themselves. To secure the rights that they have, not because of government, not because of society, but because they are simply men in the world, and because God made them men, deriving their just powers. Governments derive their just powers from whom? Who made the government? The people. What was the government made for? For the people. Then where did the government get its power? From the people who made it, and each man is the people. We the people, and that is God's truth. Now I'm going to stop there. You can finish this. This is a really nice read because he takes that. He, he comes, he walks the people down from Daniel 8 and Daniel 11. First, he shows them Rome. And then he walks them to show them that Rome wasn't, the, the, what was written about Rome wasn't for Rome, wasn't for the people living in Rome, wasn't for people living bef after pagan Rome, in papal Rome, but for the people after 1798. I just love how he did that study. And he walks down, and he picks up, and he, and he goes into now showing how they're going to do away with the Constitution. As Rome went from a republic to picking a king, the same way Rome went from a republic to picking a king, America must make the same image. And that's the whole basis of where he's going. And if people see that, you can't be confused about what's happening right now can't be confused. We know that everything taking place now is going to end leading down to a civil Sunday law. The nation has now picked a king. The civil Sunday law marks this picking of a king. And what is the king going to do? What did, what did Samuel tell the people the king was going to do? Take your children. He's going to do all of these things. He's going to rob you of your children. The day America picks the king, people are going to be robbed of their children. Wives are going to be taken and raped. What are wives? Churches. Churches is going to come under the Roman power and all the people who worshiped in those churches is going to come under the Roman power. Amen. Yes, it's the, it's the same thing. Go ahead, Quentin. Um, I was just thinking that the same thing happened with Israel because God gave them judges first. And Amen. Everyone was going by the dictates of their own heart. And then they, they were individuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then they wanted a king over Amen. Eventually, America comes to a point where it now wants a king. Amen. But it's going to happen. But what is the course to it happening? First, the majority rules. Amen. First, they become a democracy, and then they're going to leave from that to picking a king. Amen. That's how it was with Israel. They were a republic, and then they came to the time of, of 1 Samuel, where now the majority rules, and the majority said, we want a king. We want to be like the other nations. We want, to, we want our king. What do they say? We want our king to go fight for us, and we get to stay here and let us have a standing army so that the king can go do that so we can continue to live the way we want to live and not have to worry about stopping our farms and going out to battle. They didn't want that anymore. You know, America, when America began, they did not have a standing army. No, they didn't. Amen. And then after the Civil War, what did they end up having? A standing army. So they got that part done. But now they got to change. Other things have to be changed. I, it's in the mercy of God that it happens over time so that we can have time to see these things. So the whole point of going through these two readings was just to put in the record that what we're teaching now in regards to what, what was put up here with 1989 and down to 9-11 with Bush and Clinton and Obama and Trump, that it's, it's according to the Bible prophecy. Amen. And that the Lord showed us these things long before we read this. The Lord showed us these truths. And then, he, and then we read this, and A.T. Jones says, when you read Daniel 8 and 11, what God intends you see is the United States. And when the Lord opened up this thought to us, long, 
He didn't open up this to us back in 89 and so forth. It was after 2014 we really started seeing things like this. We made a Hazirus, um, what he was, and Christ, and then we started coming down. And right around 2015, 2016, the Lord opened up to our mind, Daniel 11, and we started to see, wait. And I remember Jeff came to Jamaica, and he was like, I think Trump is a Hazirus because it says rich. And we started to see this literal connection, um, literal connection coming down. And people struggled with this understanding. But this comes to us so that the struggling would cease. That when we do read Daniel 8 and Daniel 11, we really are seeing the, the United States. And there's a, one thought I want to connect with it. When you come to Daniel 11, though, there's a serious struggle between Christ and Satan and understanding this message. A real, Daniel 11 is, is the last revelation, the last vision. And that vision, there's a struggle over understanding it. And, and that's what we see Daniel 10 highlighting. So when we come to 1989, the Lord is trying to impress upon our mind, this is the last struggle for this planet that we're going to have. Y'all follow? This is the closing scene of the great controversy right here once we reach this portion of study. So we are certain before the Sunday law even comes, we're living in a time when Christ is really going to come. And he's making sure that he's having the people prepared to stand when Rome comes back up when the second coming of Rome comes up, because before the second coming of Christ, we must have the second coming of Rome. Amen? Remember that before the second coming of Christ, there must be the second coming of the man of sin. He has to come a second time. And before and when he comes, God wants to make sure he has a people that's just like Christ, ready to protest uh, against him. And, and I want to say this closing one, then we pray. When you go to Exodus... The Bible says that the, the, the ark, what was it called? The ark of the what? But it was also called the ark of the testimony. You know when you look up what testimony means? It means protest. The root word is protest. The ark of the testimony is the ark of protest. So when we come to the Sunday law, the Lord wants to have a people with the ark in their hearts so that they can do what? Protest Rome. Amen? So that's what the Lord is trying to have here. And that's what happened on October 22nd. He put the ark so that true Protestants can begin to protest from this point forward. Go ahead. Um, I was just thinking, maybe that's one of the places where Satan got it from to um, start out Rome by being an asylum, because the Ark is an asylum for those that protest you know, evil. Amen. Yes. Amen. To, um, form his church. Amen. And that's what America was supposed to be. Amen. Amen. Yes. But they're going to call evil good and good evil. Let us close out with a word of prayer. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you, O Lord, for the opportunity to share um, these, these three little readings in which you brought to our attention, O Lord, confirming the things that we've been studying for some time now. And I pray and ask that you help um, my brothers and sisters that they will go read these things that's, in, that's within Adventism so that they can see, come to these conclusions for themselves. As we see, O Lord, that we're all liable to make mistakes. We're all liable to, to insert things that may not be correct. Well, we thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit guides into all truth. And those who come into your asylum and come under your watch care, you will, you will fan away and scatter all any errors, O Lord, that may have been received so that the truth, the truth can take possession of the heart. Please help us to see these perfect parallels, O Lord, as, as the men of old, they understood, O Lord, that Rome was a perfect parallel. It's not a strange teaching that, that, is, that we're here learning at the end of the world. It's actually a teaching 
that's always been there before we were, those teachings existed. And Lord, I thank you, O Lord, for bringing our attention to them. And I pray and ask that you help us to develop them more because by understanding this small little seed now, um, you're about to water it and it's going to grow in our understanding and our knowledge of this perfect parallel and full meanings and um, the different ver how to use the versions of the Bible. Lord, it's going to grow. But as long as we have the, the, the foundation of why we stand on it, the reason for us using it, the reason for us teaching this way, you're able to help us to grow more in our knowledge.